Chapter 37. The meeting between Carla Davis and the Concerned Parents Organization was held after school in Room 8, a second-grade classroom. Carla sat in a chair that was too small for her and faced the parents. She crossed her ankles and folded her hands on her lap. The five members of the school board sat behind her. The principal sat next to her at the teacher's desk. Bradley's mother wasn't there. She was out with Bradley, shopping for Clean's birthday present. Since she didn't have any complaints, she didn't want to come to the meeting. The only parents who came were those who had complaints. I'd like to know what we need a counselor for, asked the father. Kids have enough counseling. What they need is more discipline. If they are bad, they should be punished. The other parents clapped their hands. We need to get back to basics, said a woman. Reading, writing, and arithmetic, and of course, computers. Her husband had a chart that showed that if the counselor was fired, there would be enough money to put a computer in every classroom. Everyone got very excited about that idea. They all loved computers. No one is being fired, said the principal. The purpose of this meeting is to give you a chance to ask Miss Davis questions. She told my son it was good to fail, shouted a woman standing under a poster of an octopus. She told him grades didn't matter. I never said it was good to fail, Carla claimly replied. I simply tried to relax him. Children learn better when they are not under pressure. They do better when they can enjoy school. My son doesn't go to school to have a good time, said the woman. He has to get good grades so he can get into a good college. The principal reminded the parents that Miss Davis won't see any of their children without their permission. But why should our tax dollars pay for her to counsel other people's children? One of the mothers complained. Several other parents agreed. A woman with red hair stood up. My daughter came home with one of those forms for us to sign, and we refused to sign it. We didn't want her seeing the counselor. We tried to give her all the counseling she needs at home. But then we found out the counselor's been talking to her anyway. What's your daughter's name? asked the principal. Colleen Varigold. Carla admitted that she had seen Colleen without her parents' permission. Colleen came into my office very upset and said she had to talk to me. She said it was an emergency. What kind of emergency? asked the school board president. It was something very personal, said Carla. But what was it? asked the school board president. I'm sorry, said Carla. I never repeat anything a child tells me. She knew Colleen wouldn't want anybody. She wouldn't want everybody to know she had gone into the boys' bathroom. You are not supposed to see a child without parents without her parents' permission, said the school board president. Now, if it was an emergency, then you might have then you might have been justified, but we have to know the nature of the emergency. I'm sorry, said Carla. You can tell me, said Mrs. Varigold. I'm her mother. If there was an emergency, don't you think I should know about it? Ask Colleen. If she wants to tell you, she will. I can't break my promise to her. But Colleen's just a child, said a member of the school board. You don't have to keep promises to children. I do, said Carla. She's been trying to make her challenge, trying to make her change religions, said Colleen's mother. Colleen came home from school and announced she didn't want to be Catholic anymore. She wants to be a Zen monk. Carla laughed, though she knew that that was a mistake. She tried to explain about saying hello back to someone who says hello to you, but nobody seemed to understand what that had to do with being a Zen monk. You are not allowed to teach religion in a public school, said the president of the school board, and you weren't even supposed to talk to her child in the first place. 
He apologized to Clean's mother and assured her that it wouldn't happen again. A woman in the front row raised her hand. I never had a counselor when I went to school, she said. I don't understand what they do exactly. Why don't you explain to the parents what you do and how you help different children, the principal suggested. Mostly, I just talk with them, said Carla. I listen to their problems, but I never tell them what to do. I try to help them to learn to think for themselves. But isn't that what school is for, asked the woman, to tell kids what to think? I believe it's more important to teach them how to think instead of what to think, said Carla. But if they do something bad, don't you tell them it's wrong, asked the man sitting next to her. No, said Carla. I think it's much better if they figure that out for themselves. What if there was a boy who bit his teacher, asked the father. What? Carla exclaimed. Won't you tell him not to bite her, he asked. No, I talked to him about it and tried to find out why he bit her, but... What if he keeps on biting her, asked the man. What if every day he sneaks up behind her and bites her on the butt? Then what do you do? This is getting ridiculous, said Carla. Tell him what you do, said the principal. Carla sighed. I tried to help the boy understand the reason he wants to bite his teacher and then help him reach the conclusion that he shouldn't do it. How long would that take? asked a woman. I don't know. A month? Possibly. And meanwhile, he keeps biting his teacher, said the first man. She should. She could get seriously hurt. She could die, said another man. How would you feel then? What if the kid had rabies, someone shouted. Don't you think he should get a rabies shot? I bet you'd feel differently if he bit you on your butt, someone called from the back of the room. Everyone began talking at once. What if he bit you? You'd punish him then, wouldn't you? Then you wouldn't want... You wouldn't wait for him to think for himself, would you? Not if he bit you. What if he bit you? Carla uncrossed her ankles, then crossed them the other way. As she looked at the angry group of parents, she had the horrible feeling that they all wanted to bite her butt. Chapter 38 Bradley Chalker's Homework Book Report My Parents Didn't Steal an Elephant by Yura C. Lasso, Mrs. Ebel's Class, Room 12, Red Hills School, last seat, <clears throat> last row, next to Jeff. My Parents Didn't Steal an Elephant by Yura C. Lasso by Bradley Chalkers. My Parents Didn't Steal an Elephant was a very funny and crazy book by Yura C. Lasso, a funny author to write such a book. It is a story told by a kid. The kid's parents are in jail because they stole an elephant, except they are innocent. Hey, I just realized something. You know what? You never know the kid's name. I just realized that. You know what else, too? You don't know if the kid is a boy or a girl. I just realized that right now as I was writing this book report, book report because I didn't know whether to write he or she. I told you it was crazy. The kid lives with his aunt and uncle. They are crazy, too. They put wallpaper up in the garage for no reason. I told you they were crazy. Ace is crazy, too. He's a lawyer for the kid's parents. He makes the kid practice crying for an hour every day so the kid will be able to cry good in court. Only when the kid finally gets to court, the kid doesn't cry. The kid laughs. Then everybody else laughs too. Then the kid's parents get to go home because they are innocent. Except, do you want to know something? I'm not so sure. I mean, if they really were really innocent, then who ate all the peanuts? I told you it was crazy. 
The end. The end. Absolutely wonderful, said Carla. Is it good? asked Bradley. You captured the very essence of the book. He smiled, even though he didn't know what essence meant. They were sitting around the round table. It was Thursday before school. Bradley had to turn in his book report to Mrs. Ebel, but he wanted Carla to see it first, just in case he ripped it up. Carla was wearing a fluffy pink sweater. I always wondered what happened to the peanuts, too, she said. Me, too, said Bradley, and they could have hid the elephant in the garage. That's why they put wallpaper in there, to cover up the fingerprints. Do elephants have fingerprints? asked Carla. Maybe they have trunk prints, he laughed. Well, I have to go to Mrs. Ebel's class. Here's your book back. Thank you. I didn't write on it or spill food or anything. I'd like for you to keep it, said Carla. It's my present to you. But I thought it was one of your favorite books. It is. That's why I want to give it to you. If I didn't like it, then it wouldn't be much of a present, would it? He smiled. I wish I had a present to give to you, he said. You already gave me one. I did? What was it? The book report. The smile left his face. What's the matter? Well, I'm supposed to give it to Mrs. Ebel, but that's okay. You can have it. It wouldn't be much of a present if I didn't want it to. Carla laughed and shook her head. That's very sweet, Bradley, but that's not what I meant. I want you to give it to Mrs. Ebel. It just makes me very happy that you did such a wonderful job. That's the present you gave me. Really? Really, said Carla. It was the best present I could have gotten. He thought it was great. He was able to give it to Carla and still give it to Mrs. Ebel. What's wrong? Carla wiped her eyes. The corners of her mouth trembled. Are you crying? he asked. Bradley, I have to something to I have something I have to tell you, she said. I hope you can listen to what I have to say without feeling scared or upset. He suddenly felt very scared and upset. Tomorrow will be my last day here at Red Hill School. Huh? That's why I'm so glad you've written such a wonderful book report. I know you can continue to do good work without me. I'm very proud of you. You are leaving? She nodded. I've been transferred. I'll be teaching kindergarten at Willow Bend School. But I want to thank you, Bradley. You've made my short time here very special. I'm so glad we got to know each other. You are leaving? We can still see each other, she said. Saturday, I'm... He shook his head. No, you can't go. It's not fair. I have to. He couldn't believe it. What if I don't do my homework? Then you'll have to stay and make me want to do it again. She smiled warmly at him. Her blue eyes glistened. You are on your own now, Bradley. I know you'll do wonderfully. No, it's not fair, he stood up. You tricked me. Carla stood up. She walked around the table toward him. I hate you, he shouted in her face. I know you don't mean that. Yes, I do. I hate your stupid book, too. He picked up My Parents Didn't Steal an Elephant by Yura C. Lasso and threw it at her. Then he picked up his book report. Bradley, please. He ripped it in half. He stretched his mouth so wide it was hard to tell whether it was a smile <clears throat> or a frown. He tore his book report again and dropped the pieces on the floor. <clears throat> I hate you, he shouted, then ran out of her office. He ran into the boys' bathroom. He leaned over the sink and cried. His face throbbed as he watched the water wash down the drain. 
There was a knock on the bathroom door. Bradley, said Carla, are you all right? Go away, he yelled. I hate you. The door slowly opened and she stepped inside. You are not allowed in here, he said. I think it's important that we talk, said Carla. That's how friends handle their problems, by talking about them. That's why we've become such good friends, because we've learned to talk to each other. I'm not your friend. Why would I want to be friends with you? I hate you. I like you, Bradley. I can like you, can't I? You don't have to like me. I'm not going to Clean's birthday party, he said, and I don't like Jeff either, and I'm never going to do my homework ever, and I'm going to fail all my tests. Do you want to know what I think? I think you are worried that now that I'm leaving, everything will turn bad again. You think that Jeff won't like you anymore, and Colleen won't want you to come to her party, and Mrs. Ebbo will give you bad grades no matter how hard you try. This is the boy's bathroom. But it just wasn't me who magically changed your life, Bradley, she said. It was you. You are not Cinderella, and I'm not Prince Charming. You are not allowed in here, he said coldly. Saturday, I'm going to need someone to help me move all my things out of the office, she said. I would appreciate it very much if you would come and help me. Then afterward, we could have lunch together. We can go to a restaurant, just the two of us. He wanted to go to her, to hug her in her soft pink sweater, but he couldn't. He felt like his insides were being ripped apart. It will be lots of fun, said Carla, and it would be a great help to me. I have to use the toilet. Maybe I'll see you on Saturday, said Carla. I would like that very much. She turned and walked out the door. Bradley stayed in the bathroom until the bell rang. Then he went home, sick. Chapter 39 Ronnie hopped along singing, Doo-dee-doo-dee-doo-dee-doo. All the other animals were gathered together. What are you doing? asked Ronnie. We are talking, said the lion. And you can't listen, said the kangaroo. Oh, okay, said Ronnie. She waited for the other animals to finish talking. The other animals finished talking. We finished talking, the lion told Ronnie. We took a vote. We don't like you anymore. Ronnie hopped away. Suddenly, she fell into quicksand. Help, she cried. Bartholomew, save me. No, I won't, said Bartholomew, and I'm not going to marry you either. Ronnie sank into the quicksand and died. Chapter 40 Bradley's mother took his temperature and told him he was normal. I am not, he argued. He's not normal, Claudia agreed. He's bizarre. Bradley felt as if his stomach were tied in a knot. Every time he thought about Carla, he felt the knot pull, to get, pull tighter. I hate her, I hate her, he repeated as he slowly walked to school. When he said he hated her, the knot in his stomach loosened just a little bit. He sat at his desk in the back of Mrs. Ebel's room. Last seat, last row. Hi, Bradley, said Jeff, sitting down next to him. Where were you yesterday? Were you sick? He didn't answer. Jeff wasn't his friend. He didn't have any friends. Bradley, called Mrs. Ebel, will you come here, please? He dragged his feet to her desk. I was sick yesterday, he told her. Call my mother if you don't believe me. Mrs. Ebel waved that away. I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed your book report, she said. It made me want to read the book. Huh? Miss Davis gave it to me yesterday, Mrs. Ebel told him. She explained how she accidentally ripped it. 
He stared at her, amazed, then noticed his book report taped together, lying on Mrs. Ebel's desk. At the very top, in red ink, was the word, excellent. I gave you a gold star, said Mrs. Ebel. He picked up his book report and ran back to his desk. There it was, next to the name Bradley Chalkers, a gold star. He slowly sat down as he stared at it. It seemed to shine brighter than all the other stars. The knot in his stomach jerked tighter, and he had to look away. The star reminded him of Carla. She's such a liar, he thought. She said she accidentally tore it up when I was the one who did it. I hate her. He shoved his book report in the back of his desk. The knot loosened. He walked all recessed. The other boys called to him from the basketball court, but he pretended not to hear them. He just kept walking. Okay, he decided. I'll go see her at lunch. I'll just say goodbye to her. That's all. Everyone was looking for you to play basketball, Jeff said when he returned to class. I told him you were still sick from yesterday. I'm not sick, said Bradley. I'm normal. When the bell rang for lunch, he walked to Mrs. Ebel's desk to ask for the hall pass. Yes, Bradley, she said. He couldn't talk. The knot in his stomach was so tight, it choked off his vocal cords. He stuck his hands in his pockets and walked outside. He sat in a far corner of the playground. Twice he thought he saw Carla. The first time it was a third grade girl. The second time it was a tree. His stomach was too knotted up to eat anything. I saw Carla, Jeff told him after lunch. I went to her office to say goodbye. She said she'd like to see you. She said she'd wait in her office after school for you in case you wanted to talk to her. She asked me to tell you that. Bradley closed his eyes until the knot loosened. Don't you even want to say goodbye to her? Jeff asked. He shook his head. He could picture her waiting in her office for him. He'd walk in and she'd say, Hello, Bradley. It's a pleasure to see you today. I appreciate your coming to see me. She might even kiss him again. When the, bell, when the final bell rang, he walked directly home. The knot inside him tightened with every step he took. I hate her, I hate her, I hate her.